podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to check out new episodes every Wednesday and every Sunday. Hello everyone and welcome to the first of two special highlights episodes to round off your 2023. I know we promised a fully pre-recorded episode and that's what you will get, but we just wanted to say hello to it again. We just want to talk to people. <laughs> Very alone on this festive period. Another festive hire coming at you. <laughs> um, we're feeling fat, we're feeling merry, and we're feeling festive hire. So uh hope you had a lovely time being jolly or not celebrating and having a delightful time just chilling out um, and maybe seeing some family. But Ben, what are we getting up to in this definitely not pre-recorded, pre-selecting episode? Yeah, we're actually just going to take our best moments from 2023 and recreate them for you live rather than oh, just take yeah. the originals. Um, yeah, complete change of plan. No, we've just got a random selection. Uh, like, you know, one of those uh, selection boxes you get around Christmas. This is your LB version of that. Um, we've managed to scour through however many hours of content we've put together this year and somehow managed to find enough okay content that it can be included in this episode. Trust us when we say it was a really difficult find. Um, but yeah, some very, some just very random discussion points, talking points. Um, I, I would say I know exactly what's going to be in there, but <laughs> we don't know yet. So we haven't chosen them yet. what could come up? Let, Perhaps oh. Otmar. Perhaps Fernando Alonso, something related. Insert here. Will, will any of the episode where we in intimidate or no be in it no i, okay. ooh, I absolutely know, I, not i'm feeling a bit intimidatory today punk <laughs> it's not appearing in any capacity we do have to okay, wonder, wonder though is kirsty gonna pick any episode that harry's actually in maybe oh. this is the only part of the episode you're gonna be here for harry that to be fair that would be really funny i kind of want kirsty to do that Bye. <laughs> yeah, that's Harry's Harry. done for the episode. <laughs> done for the year. No. Uh, we'll shut up now, uh, and we'll let the we'll let the moments roll. <laughs> All right, um, I'm going to sample this one first because I want a good laugh. Um, Sergio Perez. <laughs> He's setting his sights on the 2023 title. He thinks um, in a recent interview that he is currently operating pretty much at his best. We saw him have a pretty good start to 2022, um, but unfortunately for him, his title challenge faded mid-season. He did claim a few podiums and a win towards the end of the year, but certainly it was the middle of the year in 22 that seemed to cost him the most. Sam, obviously, I think, well, you can say for yourself, but I'm pretty sure your opinion is that this isn't going to happen for him. But what is possible for Perez in 23? Yeah, you uh, you said you're going to laugh. That's what exactly what I got when I read the statement on Twitter. Uh, it was a good approach at comedy from Sergio. Um, Sergio is, you know, in the top 1% of drivers worldwide. Let's not laugh at his actual talent. He is a phenomenal racing driver, brilliant behind the wheel, has some exceptional talents and can really pull 
incredible results from cars that are often mediocre, midfield, you know, not meant for top running. As we saw that victory that he picked up in uh, Bahrain, where he went from the back of the grid to the front of the grid, remember, in the bloody racing point, it was phenomenal. He has some spectacular performances. But it only takes you to look at the last season to show that he thinks he's operating at his absolute best and that his title challenge might have faded. Mate, you were so far away from the points tally required that it took you until the final race of the season to wait for it, not beat the driver from the other team that had so many technical issues, strategy problems, their Ferrari, you know, and you still didn't really manage that. You couldn't even grasp the one-two when your teammate was knocking up, what, 140 points in the league, something like that. Um, I value Sergio Perez in our sport highly, massively. He's a great asset to F1, and I'm so happy he's still racing with us and didn't get kicked out of the sport after the um, the racing point incident where he was, you know, out of the seat. He's a great second driver for a top, for top team, and he brought home the Constructors' Championship for Red Bull. Brilliant stuff. But his ceiling is far below the likes of Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, Charles Leclerc. And I feel like if you put him up against any of those drivers, you know, Lando Norris, even, you know, George Russell, I don't think Perez mounts a title challenge. I do not think he's capable of being on that top step or fighting until the last lap for that top step every single race for a whole season straight. The only time he's won is often when there's been a failure in Verstappen's car or some bizarre circumstance has led him to take victory. The only way I think he wins a championship, this is the only way I think he does it, is if one, Red Bull build an absolute monster of a car, right? That's part one of this. Essentially what they did in 2022. And then part two, he executes plan Nico Rosberg, where he tries to become like a little brain worm inside of Max Verstappen to destroy any form of confidence, continuity, comfortability in that car that he can and get under his skin in every single asset possible. You know, there are stories of joking stories, I, I don't know, of Nico Rosberg cooking bacon outside Lewis Hamilton's motorhome to try and wind him up. That's the level of in your head he needs to be to annoy Max Verstappen. And Max Verstappen, quite honestly, is an absolute weapon when it comes to mind games. The bloke is not phased by anything you know, even when he realised he, you know, in Japan, remember, they said, you've won the world title. We got the car and went, don't think I have, mate. Anyway, we'll do it next week. Not a problem. The guy's oh, not phased. He's not phased by anything. So Sergio Perez, I don't know what, Ministry of Defence is going to go on the Ministry of Mind Attack and do something absolutely special. I'm sorry, Sergio. Love you dearly. You're a real asset to Formula One, but you're not going to win this title. Love the, 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 the mental positivity and trying to push yourself up, which is great. Let's just be slightly more realistic with our goals. That's okay. I've got realistic goals. Go out the house once a day. You know, eat more fruit. All things that are achievable. Sergio Perez winning the world title for the Drivers' Championship. Mm, that's more like me becoming an astronaut. Not really going to happen. Please don't let that happen. Although NASA, if you are listening, it could be fun. <laughs> Great content. Great yeah. podcast content. <laughs> <laughs> this week Sam goes to space <laughs> <laughs> let's do it let's do it why not 22 views <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Australian Grand Prix review time. We didn't think we'd ever get here to the review of this race because we didn't think it would ever end. But eventually, Max Verstappen took victory at the Australian Grand Prix, joined on the podium by Lewis Hamilton and Fernando Alonso yet again finding the longest route to third place uh, after also being out of the points with a lap to go somehow. There's a lot to break down here. Couldn't really put together a schedule because it's all just carnage. Sam... I mean, have you had your poo now? You're okay. <laughs> oh, good. That's a great way to kick off the show. <laughs> Folks, I, um, I I went out yesterday uh, for a friend's birthday. And I'm sure you've all had it. You know, you have a few beers, you get a bit tipsy, then you come home and you have a bit of a cheeky takeaway, right? A little bit of a greasy takeaway. Anyway, obviously woke up at you know, the crack of dawn to watch the Australian Grand Prix. And about... By lap 30, I was like, oh, I, I do need the toilet, but there's, there's some exciting <laughs> folks. folks. Here, here you go. This, yeah, this is on Ben. Own it. Um, it takes me a little while to go to the loo. I like to take my time, right? Play a little game, watch a little video, you know. <laughs> so I, I relax into it. So I can't just get up and go and only lose a lap. So when 83 red flags happened, and now the year is 2037, I had to really crack on to that bathroom when we finally got to the podium. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so I'm, I'm good. Thank you, Ben, for asking. I'm not following that up. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. Oh, I I take full responsibility for that. I apologize profusely. Um, Formula One, that's what we're talking about. It was a mess, wasn't it, folks? It was an absolute mess. Chaos. Uh, loved watching it. Went on for too long. Needed the loo. But absolutely loved the drama. We've established that already. Good. Unfortunately. Did you enjoy the drama, Harry? I mean, I love the drama, Mick. But... Um... It's all about the drama, Mick. <laughs> it's a Gavin and Stacey reference for anyone who didn't get that. Uh, yeah, it was... Drama was good, but it, it was F one again didn't didn't necessarily cover it cover itself in glory with correct today. the first red flag. I get. I know they said it was for gravel, but actually I saw a couple of screenshots afterwards, and like the tech pro is not on the wall anymore. So fine, fair enough. Clear the track up, and it's quite a fast part of the track there, so it's easier to just stop the cars coming around. The second one. I feel like maybe they panicked slightly. Michael Massey was there this weekend and not, not <laughs> singing. No. But they just, they just panicked and were like, we can't, oh God, we can't do a safety car before the end of the race. Uh, so they just like, red flag. We'll just red flag. And then after that, that's all they did. We, we had red flag, restart, a sector, red flag, finish the race. And then another red, they red flagged after the race had finished. How does that work? How can you red flag a race that's already done? <laughs> they got red flag, I don't know, just really twitchy finger on the old red flag. So first one I think is fine. Second one, well, I think Ben, you said this at the time. Why was it even a full safety car initially for Magnussen's, Magnussen's crash? Because he did pull off, I guess, the debris, yeah. But could that I mean, not have been tire literally it? in the middle of the track. I know, I get that, but, but that you can pick that up quite easily under a VSC, I think. Anyway, 
I don't think it's fine. I, I'll argue the VSC safety car, but I don't think a red flag would necessarily just felt like they panicked a bit because they saw the end of the race was coming. And and there's, I guess, Monza 2022 as well. They got a bit burnt there and they, they finished it under a safety car, which probably would have been, would have happened here. You were there for that. That was popular. Ah, it went down really well. People loved it. Stop Charlotte Claire winning. Well, Charlotte Claire didn't need much stopping of winning today. He did that all by himself one lap in. But yeah, I actually, no, before I say anything else, I, there is something else I need to address just in case anyone hasn't got the memo because of Sam's moronic April Fool's post yesterday. Um, <laughs> I'm not leaving, okay? I, I'm still here and I'm, and I'm staying here, okay? Oh, so many of you for bags of chips all over the world. There's people getting chips left, right and centre. Since our last recording, Mohamed Ben Suleim essentially said, "Roll up, roll up, looking for teams." Andretti and General Motors Andretti via teams. the for a penny for your fans. So essentially, he did he did do that. Probably paraphrasing a little bit. Um, and Andretti Cadillac said, "Yeah, all right, we'll we'll, we'll give it a crack <laughs> if you want, mate." Um, Looks like your offer. Yeah, go on then. Sam, what's your thoughts on Mohammed Ben Suleim's response to uh, to comments regarding? Because he said he's surprised at the adverse reaction of the teams. What's your What's your reaction to his reaction? Ben Suleim just likes to conduct all his professional business on Twitter. Apparently, uh, hello Twitter, we're looking for new teams. Hello Twitter, I'm surprised at the current team's reaction to the prospect of new teams. Um, I think. He's quite naive if he thought that all the teams were going to skip around in glee around the Maypole, chanting the name of the new team that was entering Formula One. But equally, I do think that Formula One teams who are currently on the grid need to butt out, shut up and go away, get on with your job and welcome new competition into the sport. Um, I think he has every right to go, oh, I'm quite surprised that people are against fire alarm, hello, uh, are against you know, coming into the sport. Um, at the end of the day, it shouldn't be up to the current teams. It should be up to the governing body to work out, are they financially viable? Do they bring something to the sport that we know and love currently? And are they going to be a worthy addition? And if I'm any team on the grid, it's not, and, and Ben has already pretext this show off air saying that we're going to talk about the budget issue. So I'll get onto that in a minute. But if I'm any team on that grid and I go, Oh, new team coming in. Well, I want to beat them. I want to be the best. Regardless of who I'm racing, I welcome competition. I want to beat them. But as we've seen from their reaction, very much not the case. Now, I am hoping that Ben Suleim is deciding to overrule that, try and be a bit forcible, force, forcible, forcibly political. No, I don't know what the word is. <laughs> I would get forcible, forcible, forcibly political. Look, we know how I got Fernando Alonso's name wrong last week. Fernando, And now we've said this incorrectly. It's the start of the year. It's going well. My point being, I'm <laughs> hoping that he maybe steps in, uses a bit of that political <laughs> muscle to override what's going on and tell the teams basically to pipe down, shut up and get on with your lives. Because we want Andretti Cagalac. We want new teams. And we went through a few teams recently about who would be welcome in the sport. They wouldn't be backmarkers, I don't think. They've got the financial backing. They've got the, the, the thoroughbred race team. You know, they understand success. And, you know, General Motors, Cadillac, they know how to put something together. They know how to make cars. They know commercially what they're doing. They will bring so much revenue into the sport, which again, we'll get onto more in a little bit. They but think. It's a, it's a very, very wise choice. It's a new partner to come into Formula One. 
they're just the current teams are a bit scared of the finances, which I think is a bit pathetic. And again, we'll get onto it after the boys have spoken to. So there's my thoughts. I'm, I'm I want Mr. Suliem to crack down, hard action. You know, like Chief Wiggum, get them, boys. That's what I want him to do. Your aspiration for Ben Sullivan <laughs> is to act like Chief Wiggum. I would argue hey. that's already the case. Hey. <laughs> Clax is a good guy. Worst, Clax worst is a good guy. <laughs> in the world. <laughs> Shoots his gun as he's eating a donut. <laughs> <laughs> Classy. <laughs> So Ralph's adorable. <laughs> Someone could bring Ralph. <laughs> My cat smells like cat food. Right. It's enough of that. <laughs> Harry, your triumphant return to the podcast. Are you going to sit on the fence and say that you don't mind if this happens or not? <laughs> no, I, I would like this to happen um, <laughs> a lot. Dying. I'm just dying in the corner. Sorry, this Clancy that got me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> More teams on the grid, better. I, I and I've, I've thought this for a long time. It was obviously didn't work back in 2010 when we had this react three new teams. But the grid, HR two is still going strong. What are you talking about? Oh, they're smashing it. The, Healthy racing team, it means. All <laughs> <Yeah>, right. <laughs> um, but the grid looked great when it was much more full. Um, and now, yeah, you know, it's a good, good bunch of teams and I, I don't want to go back to the uh, the 2010 issue where we had these three teams but they couldn't compete at all um, because it just made them, them being there pointless basically so I want a, a viable viable candidate to come along and, and Andretti Cadillac is I mean Andretti on its own was Andretti Cadillac punches even more weight now so um, I, I hope this happens this whole thing is fascinating because we're, we're I think we're at the the beginning of something that could become much more bigger and controversial between the FIA and F1, because I sense, as as do a lot of people, I reckon, that there's a there's a bit of tension between these two bodies. Um, not seeing eye to eye on everything, because obviously Ben uh, Wiggum ha- wants <laughs> wants uh, <laughs> wants. Uh, new teams in F1 but but does he want them in F1 for the reasons we want them in F1 or does he want them in F1 to uh, cheese off the people at F1 like Stefano Domenicali unsure I think maybe the latter because I think he's petty petty Ben we'll call him Um, I'd love to get to a stage where being petty involves allowing like a multi-billion pound (laughs) company into a racing series like I can be that successful and rich that that is yep. my version of being petty rather yep. than just like not doing it not doing the dishes or something you imagine <laughs> signing the uh the contract with angretti and then putting the pen down turning to steve sunday going ha suck it stefano <laughs> and then walking out the room so petty <laughs> with his gun and his donuts um <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly I, I i do think that's what what we're witnessing here but you know if pettiness gets us an extra team in f1 I'm all, I'm all for I'm it. I'm a fan of Petty. <laughs> I'm a fan of Petty. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's, there's a, I hope it happens, but I think we're at the beginning of a fascinating, fascinating time for F1 and, and the FIA, which, you know, ever since the days of Max Mosley and Bernie Eccleston, 
Has it ever been as harmonious since then? Doesn't mean it was better then, but I'm just saying, has it ever been as harmonious since those days? Are you saying bring back Bernie? Is that <laughs> what you're so. saying? No, 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 no. No, no, no triple Bs on this right. occasion. It's getting quoted um, on the Twitter account. No. <laughs> <laughs> Please no Bernie. God, I don't need Bernie. Um, but yeah, anyway, so I hope, I hope it happens, but we'll see. Whether it be drivers, mechanics, engineers, strategists, you know, all the way down to the people who are, you know, working at the factory, doing all the, the bits and pieces that we don't ever get spoken about. Very important that you have that representation. But just coming in with a gimmicky name like Formula Equal tells the world that that's all you're here for. If you were called Pollock Racing, which just sounds like you're racing fish, quite frankly. Oh my um, I love Pollock Racing. <laughs> Straight out of Grimsby. Oh, anyway, that's what the game should be. And if you were all out, if you were called Pollock Racing, right, and part of your company ethos was building equality and you created a ground root system that allowed for, you know, apprenticeships and the support from schools through universities to, you know, independent schools that allowed you to learn these specific skills and you cherry picked talent from a young age to go through racing categories and engineering schools and you brought that into the sport, then good Lord, I think, yes, what a fantastic initiative and a great way to spend your cash and your time and your investment in Formula One. Brilliant stuff. I love that. The difference is that's not what they're doing. They're not setting up the grassroots stuff. And also, I know it's only rumoured, but their backing is currently, in theory, from Saudi Arabia. Now, very recently, women in Saudi Arabia weren't allowed to drive. So the fact that that was only just brought into the law makes me very nervous that this feels like a pure sports washing publicity stunt. Before we move on, yes. do you see that the FIA um, rejected Ferrari's right to review? Oh, thank goodness for that. Oh, my word. I mean, who would have thought that was a bad idea? <laughs> no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm mad about this. Right. And relax. I, I, I tried. I tried, folks, and I've been baited in. I'm willing to accept this. Carlos Sainz and his penalty have been rightfully dismissed by the FIA today. <laughs> So Their mitigating circumstances were, it was sunny. <laughs> the sun was in my eyes. I'm sorry, I didn't realise it was overcast for all the other 19 drivers. <laughs> it was only sunny for Carlos Sainz. He had cold tyres. Yeah, everyone else's were blistering, weren't they? <laughs> God, do you know, they pulled out something that happened in 2014 as a basis for getting this thrown out. They pulled up an incident from when Lewis Hamilton was a one-time champion <laughs> to say that this penalty shouldn't be applied. Are you mad? There is literally... I've never seen so much uproar about such a clear penalty. He hit him! <laughs> <laughs> I know we joke. Alonso will have to retire at some point. Nope. I'll retire no. before Alonso. <laughs> he will have to stop. And he can't keep doing this. You know, he hasn't really dropped off that much. Probably only his qualifying pace, I'd say, is the thing that's dropped off. Everything else, 
he's still the same. Do you think he still could win a title if like the, the Red Bull and the Aston were equal? Do you think he could, he's still got I, it in him? Because you're the number one in the fan club. I am. I, he, Verstappen's very good. He is. And I think yeah, Alonso would that. be, <laughs> and another, another zinger from me, Alonso would be the most menacing menace. I think a different side of him would come out. Again, we see the old would, Fernando. It would be, I mean, we've seen glimpses of him, with, mm. as I say, with the yes, yes, bye-bye. But uh, it would be just a menace. I may, uh, Maybe that w- could make the difference if there's an equal fight between him and a Verstappen and a Hamilton. I don't, I don't know, but... Um, oh, don't bring Lewis into this. Yeah, Good sorry, Lord, the world can't deal with that. Can you imagine? All three of them. What? I reckon none of them would finish that many races. They just run into each other all the time. Sergio Perez is mopping out with George yeah, Russell. Gasly wins. <laughs> Actually, to be fair, it would, I think Alonso would be smarter. Hamilton and Verstappen would take each other out. Alonso wins. That's, that's where I'm Russell, going. Russell, his hands on his hips going, crikey, at the end of each race. <laughs> so, yeah, look, I, it'd be great to see him in a, in a championship fight. And I think, as I say, I think he'd be a right nuisance Um yeah, I, I, a few, a few wins. I don't. It's hard to see because I think his Aston deal is only two years long. I don't know how old he would be by the end of that. But is he going to extend it again? Um, who knows? Yeah, 40, 43 and a half, I think. Three hundred and seven. Yeah, that's, that's that is getting on slightly. Yeah. So who knows if he'll extend past that and whether Aston are going to five year deal five year deal 57 <laughs> 57 um, whether Aston are, are going to be able to make such another leap uh, that they are now championship contenders when it comes to 2024 I keep seeing a Red Bull person out they might they might do Look, they made a big one this year maybe they'll make Adrian Tui <laughs> Second version of him at their team. Adrian Dewey. I like that a lot. Anyway. Goes on packet holidays. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might be proud of that one. Oh, so. That's so niche. Good. That is yeah. very British. British. <laughs> British niche reference. British. British. Maybe you can coin that. Yeah. God, I don't think I finished my point. No, it was going on. A couple of wins, probably. Usually don't. Off you go. Good. Ah, good stuff. So we've got merchandise. I also made a, a baby onesie. This baby's a late breaker, it, it says on the front of it. I did see that the other day. Yeah, yeah someone requested it, so I made it. Just some little breakers. Little breakers. Oh, we could start a crash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More like a crash. Um, Anyway, that's more than enough. Next week, the preview for Baku is the episode where we will intimidate each other. Intimidate? (laughs) Imitate, maybe? No, I meant intimidate. What's your bold prediction? (laughs) (laughs) Four, one, two, three, punk. I've been Ben Hawking. His second outro in a row, he's absolutely (laughs) lost it. Any thoughts, Sam, on Perez's chances? I know this was obviously a race that he won last year. Do you think he can take it to Verstappen and take the race win? They call him Mr. Street Circuit. They don't. They do. No, they do. Street Circuit King. I don't want you to do that ever again. Oh, Mr. Bombastic. I actually do. Oh, God. Yeah. Thank you. 
Sam and G. They call it Biscuit Street Circuit. I've changed my mind. No. <laughs> We're going to watch him work it. Anyway, um, I genuinely think, you know, that's where his powers lie. That is where he gathers the source of all strength, is old Sergio Perez. If it is on the streets of a city where he could go and drink and party down the road the moment he gets out of the car, which he has shown oh, he likes to oh, do. No, 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 yeah, no. hang on. We won't go into too many details of what happened last year. Um, oh, no. Then, you know, he has a great time. And he is showing it time and time again that it often seems to be street circuits where he absolutely thrives. So... You know, there used to be a time where Perez was the one I would count out and go, ah, you know, maybe he'll be third or fourth off a step and takes the wing. I think he's got absolutely every chance of doing the old the old double here, two in a row. So I think if he wings here, does he wing it more than Verstappen's won it? Uh, either, yes. Verstappen will be on one, he'll be on two. Right? Yeah. Verstappen washed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nonetheless, sorry, I'm being silly, as always. Um, I do genuinely think, though, that Perez has absolutely every chance. If Perez is in the right you know, frame of mind, if he's got the motivation behind him, if he's if he's with one with the car, there is every chance that Sergio Perez can absolutely wallop it on pole position. I'm interested to see it. I think from Verstappen's perspective, how to protect against it, the one thing he can't afford is what happened last year at Monaco and what happened last time at Miami. He needs to nail that first Q3 lap because he can't deal with the risk of not getting that second lap in. It's it's cost him a couple of times now. So I think whatever happens this weekend for Verstappen, based on how important qualifying is for both Red Bulls and anyone who's planning to fight out the front, nail that first lap in Q3 because more often than not, you don't have any certainty that that second Q3 lap is actually going to happen. I am at the point now where I am actually going to start some sort of fundraising page for people to help me out in terms of numbers of people and resources to get my man out of that team (laughs) because they are crushing his career race after race. What does the guy have to do? Uh, He is no longer... God Leclerc, and it's not because of his obvious godly ability. He is trapped, Leclerc, because he is trapped. I know that we've had some rumours recently of Leclerc to Mercedes. I don't know if Charles Leclerc started them himself, but if he didn't, (laughs) it would have been a good idea. What more does the guy have to do? Um, Yeah, I, I I think something went wrong with that car this weekend. And maybe it will get better in Canada in two weeks' time, but it's these are he's heading into his prime years and he hasn't got a car that is capable of I'd say winning championship. He's he's not got a car that's capable of winning races at the moment. It's sad to see. Sad Leclerc. Yeah, maybe that's more accurate. He he looked I mean, he looked very sad um after qualifying. DC is is in interviewing the pen afterwards, he, he didn't look happy. <laughs> didn't look like a happy boy. Happy bunny. Can't blame him. Um, well, since we've got more time on this segment versus the last segment, should we give out our big brain award? Yeah, well, that, I think it's an appropriate one. I'll, I'll do the jingle again. Hang on. Please hold. Um... Nice. 
Beautiful. What was your big brain moment? I've already said it. Yeah. <laughs> Charlotte Clevin put on soft tyres uh, after running hard tyres for 17 laps. Um, I know that we've said it before, this award was 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 made this year for just Ferrari, basically. Um, and others have made it in, but <laughs> Ferrari are like, no, we want, we want this award every race. So, yeah, it was... I just, I don't, I, as I said, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't, I don't know. And I, I get in, in the race situation, it's tough for the, for the strategy team to, to, to sometimes make the calls under pressure. They were under no pressure for this one. There was, there wasn't a lot riding on it. And if we can see from the outside, me and Ben and everyone else watching, and we're idiots, if we can see that that's a bad call I don't get how they don't see it so easily it's just, you just look at the top drivers like Mercedes and the, um, well actually no it would be Mercedes and they're still going around on soft tyres and yeah. you're like do you not see the same thing that we see <laughs> do you not see what you've done here yeah I know oh, yeah so anyway that one for me I probably would go for that, but in the interest of variety, I will offer up something else, which is uh, Alpha Tauri just trying to talk strategy to Yuki Sonoda. <laughs> it just never goes well. <laughs> he just tells you to shut up every time, shut and up. yet they still persist. <laughs> do you want this or do you want this? Let me rise. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't give Yuki the option. Just tell him what he needs. You're coming in now, Yuki. Drivers, drivers, are, drivers are like snowflakes, aren't they? They're, they're all unique. Um, I don't mean <laughs> snowflakes in the sort of 21st yeah, century yeah, meaning yeah. of the term. I mean, I mean actual snowflakes. Um, they're all unique. They're all brilliant in their own individual way. You don't talk strategy with Yuki Sonoda. Might work for other drivers, not Yuki. Can I just make an honorary mention for this award? But it sure. happened on Saturday. <laughs> it's the menace of F1, Fernando Alonso. Oh, so <laughs> Fernando Alonso having witnessed Gasly impede uh, Verstappen into turn four or on his flying lap immediately on the radio and I guess Aston Martin thought Alpine might be challenging them this weekend and, and they were they were kind of right I know they ended up in front at the end of Ocon but immediately he's on, he's on the radio going blatant impeding that lame to look at that blah, blah 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 the man doesn't switch off ever I, I, you're right, but there's more to it than that. And the, the, the proper rail me in the he said on the spot three places. Yeah, I know. And it ended up being three places. Fernando Alonso was able to see Quicker. whilst driving in a qualifying <laughs> session what the penalty should have been. If there's no excuse for the stewards to take two hours to to say the same thing that Alonso said after two seconds. <laughs> Come on. He's, his brain is too big for his helmet. <laughs> it's, he's too big for the sport. He needs to be a steward after he finishes. If, he, if he's willing to hand out penalties that quickly, <laughs> he's got the job in my eyes. <laughs> Jeez. Usually when you're a, a rookie driver like Nick DeVries, you've got another rookie driver or an inexperienced driver in the reserve role, right? So there's less pressure there. You've got a feel for Nick DeVries that part of the Red Bull reserve program is someone who has won like eight races, got like 30 podiums, beat Max Verstappen over the course of a full season when they were teammates at Red Bull. Like normally you don't have that pressure from a reserve driver 
Nick DeVries has got this guy staring down his back. Like, that's... He also does the big smile, which I imagine at night time is really scary. To Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah. Not only is he staring down at you, but he's got that really big, lovely, gorgeous grin. He stares down at you and you're really happy about it. You're like, oh, good. He's really nice too. <laughs> Great. It's terrifying. I also think, you know who whose judgment I think this looks really bad on? I think Toto Wolf looks really bad right now because he advocated for Nick DeVries for years and years and years. And it was always in the press of, give him a drive. He's my driver. Give him a go. He, he has been the worst driver on the grid by a country mile. And I think maybe the all-seeing Toto Wolf hasn't got a perfect eye. But for Toto Wolf's perspective, all of the terrible results are coming at his main rival sister team. He's I mean, all right. If he's played the game, no bad results from her. 1,000 IQ plays. He was years ahead, IQ. this guy. Red Bull playing checkers, Toto's on chess. <laughs> <laughs> on, on that point, I saw today, and this is getting off topic now, but um, there's a few things about Logan Sargent and, and you know, a bit of, a bit of calm, a bit of calm needed within his, uh, in his camp. Um, but also that... Toto Wolf might be trying to, or he's whispering in his old friend James Val's ears to go give Mick Schumacher. I did seat. hear that. Yeah, <laughs> that's banter. Schumacher to Williams. I I like the idea. This has happened to Ocon now, and now to DeFries. If he does it a third time, it's like it's that's his niche now. That is his niche. <laughs> Just taking drivers, and I'll get you. Don't you worry. I'll put you at the back of the grid. I'll, I'll sort you. I'll sort you out, son. I'll, don't you worry. I'll get you an Alpine driver for forty six years that doesn't do anything apart from finish fifth. <laughs> Thanks, Toto. <laughs> Love you, Toto. Papa Toto. That's all I ever wanted. Papa Toto. I'm hungry like the wolf. <laughs> oh, Papa Toto, definitely. Has <laughs> potential as a character. Oh, man. Papa Toto. Um, oh, yeah. Hello, Papa Toto. <laughs> right, we're going for a break. Sandwiches time. Get we're your back. popcorn, Nickel. <laughs> just noticed and appreciating we do have a few more races this year than we had 10 years ago but certainly at the rate Perez is going we're looking at a 200 point gap after 20 races we're starting to talk Vettel Weber sort of distance from 2013 or so aren't we that was probably I haven't got the stats on me but that was probably around 200 points I'd guess um, look up. is that one of the most it's Mark Weber as much as we love him dearly that season Big of a shocker, right? From Weber to be that far away from your teammate in that car. I think by 13, I, I, I think he'd gone. Washed his hands of it. I think, he, yeah, by 13, he'd already, he'd already made his mind up. He was leaving to go to work, wasn't he? So. I have some pride, sunshine. You don't care, mate. Don't care. Got the money. Got the dough. Off I go. Anyway, bit of a random detour, but to illustrate the point, we aren't halfway through this season yet, and there is essentially a 100-point gap between the two drivers, in which case this could become, if we carry on at this rate, a pretty large margin of, of victory by Verstappen by the time we get to the end of the year. I guess the first question that needs to be answered here is not necessarily about replacements, but it's instead about would Red Bull move away from a driver who has still got a year left on his contract and to which I would answer yeah they would 
if, if they felt it was the right decision, let's say it's the same situation as McLaren and Ricardo were in last year. They decided to move on from Ricardo. He still had a year left on his deal. They were happy enough to pay Ricardo however much money it was. They would do the same thing with Perez in a heartbeat if they felt it was the right decision. So I think we can say, yes, he he is at risk in that they wouldn't that wouldn't stop them, right? I think generally, though, you're, you're only as at risk as the options around you. So you could be a 9 out of 10 driver. If there's a 10 out of 10 driver who could be coming in to take your seat and he's available, you are at risk. Equally, you could be a 4 out of 10 driver, but if there's only 1s and 2s on the market, you're probably safe. So it is a bit relative in that regard. And I think Perez can be somewhat happy in that there isn't anything that is a slam dunk replacement for him there are a few options but there's nothing that is yes that would definitely work so firstly i would say i don't think there is anyone internal to red bull um i'm gonna put ricardo to one side but in terms of the alpha towery seats and junior drivers i don't think there's anyone there that would take his seat yuki sonoda nick devries liam lawson I, i don't think any of those are options so i think you put that to one side i think you've then got the two options of option one looking outside of the Red Bull program, which is what they did for Perez. Or option two, Daniel Ricciardo. And I don't, again, I don't think either are great because option one, there isn't the only driver that's out of contract at the end of this year that is good enough to be in that Red Bull, which we'll get onto later, is Lewis Hamilton, right? And I, I don't think... That would be banter. I would love that. I think that's going to happen. <laughs> I can't wait for this to be replayed in two months' time when he's driving for Red Bull. They're best mates now. Have you seen that? They're best mates now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They get along all the time. Fancy contract, Lewis. Yeah, right, mate. Unless they're literally in the cockpit of the car when they turn into rabid animals that cannot stand each other. But on a sofa... Yeah, fine. Did you see they're on the Max Verstappen Experience podcast? (laughs) It's good, wasn't it? It's some of the greatest photoshopping I've ever seen. It's so good. I've never... I thought it was real. Yeah. Should we employ Photoshop to make it look like people are on our podcast? We have employed Photoshop many a time, and it is flawless every time. Good. <laughs> Some the time. Anyway, there was a point in there somewhere. Oh, Lewis Hamilton, don't think that's going to happen. In which case, they'd have to look at a driver who is not out of contract by the end of this year, um, someone like a Ferrari driver or Lando Norris, and there are questions about whether any of those teams would actually want to make that happen. So that is one option that doesn't seem completely obvious. The other option, Daniel Ricciardo, going back to the scale I said from like naught to 10 to 10, to 10 out of 10. Where's Daniel Ricciardo on that scale? Who knows? I know. I got the clue. <laughs> Could he, if, let's just say hypothetically, he turns up in a Red Bull next season. Could he be a two out of 10? Yeah. Could he be an eight out of 10? Sure. There's no, He's always no one a 10 out of 10. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously. Surely that's why they must be looking. I know De Vries is helping this cause there, but they must be looking at getting him in that Alpha Tari after well, the summer. Yeah. What's the point of putting Ricardo in Alpha Well, they can see, what, see well, that, if he's yeah. put McLaren behind him. The car's going to win anyway. You may as well put him in the Red Bull. But then what if he's a 2 out of 10? Yeah. You could be a 2 out of 10 and still win that Constructors. Sergio Perez at the moment is a 2 out of 10. Maybe oh. not next year, though. Don't care. Okay. Well, that's forward that's thinking. Be in the car, mate. That's, that's why I don't get paid That's forward thinking. Yeah, I don't get paid that. 
Uh, yeah, so I, I think with Ricardo, obviously Ricardo's a massive risk. It's going to be difficult to get someone external. So I think overall Perez is at risk, but he can be buoyed by the fact that there isn't like an obvious, yeah, that'll work. Um, definitely out there. Ben, you, I'm going to have to rip your Statman title away from you because the gap between Vettel and Weber was 198 points, not 200. Well, in that case, it's pretty much spot on. <laughs> Hold on, I've got a new title for Ben. Bradman! <laughs> <laughs> like a right sausage. <laughs> Two <laughs> points. <laughs> you go, nothing. Says the man that say hi to Harold Frankson. What's from Argentina? <laughs> if the gap's 99 points now, double that is 198, so... I don't want to hear your maths. Oh, he's had us. Is that you? What do you mean he's had you? You can just call him Pratman. I'm not a part of this. <laughs> I am interested to see the evolution of Statman though how many different mans are there out there Hatman <laughs> oh no I haven't got a hat Catman that's me Ian Batman <laughs> I am the Batman you know when you say something you know it's a mistake yeah, yeah. you know like when you what? see someone walking through like a busy space and you go oh have you seen that guy over there who Batman <laughs> It's some intro for a for a great joke. Well, <laughs> I've got more lined yeah. up mentally now yeah. immediately. Oh, I'm, you know what? There's a lot of words that rhyme with stat. Ratman. <laughs> <laughs> you know when um, uh, Fat Boy Slim grows up, he becomes a fat man. <laughs> fat man Slim. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on. Okay, Oscar Piastri had a very good British Grand Prix, qualified third, finished fourth for 12 points. So it's been really the first opportunity he's had to show how good he is um, halfway through his first season. I'm sure he's fortunate. He's glad that they finally got there with the car. Whether that stays or not is another question. Sam, what are your thoughts on McLaren making the move? We know at the time it was a bit controversial that they had to pay Ricardo in order for it to happen. Weren't sure about the whole court deal with Alpine. Do you think at this point we can say it was a worthwhile decision or does more need to happen before you can say that? Do you think Otmar's crying into his cereal? Yes. I mean, both Alpines out. Alonso, good points. Piastri, Nearly on the podium. Well, Alonso P3 in the championship. Alonso P3 in the championship. Piastri, first time of asking with a good car. Pretty much sticks it on the podium. Almost levels the same result as best result of Alpine all season. Yeah. I think he's probably more upset about the car than the lineup. I, I, I don't think he's doing cartwheels about the lineup, but the car is just not. Uh, they're smug about something, though. <laughs> smug about being coming. crap is what they're smug about. Um, Press is just a prank, and that's what they're smug about. That's what it is. We got you all. <laughs> On to 2024. We built a rocket for next year. <laughs> <laughs> Suckers. Um, do I think it was worth it? I mean, yeah, no, I do. I do. I think Oscar's had a really tough start to the season, and that is through no real fault of his own. I think he is being relatively consistent when the race and the car allows him to be. But what is consistent when your car is a tractor, it breaks down a lot, it has massive issues and everyone else is faster than you. Consistently like P12, P13, every time he's had a chance to be near Norris or whatnot, he's relatively delivered. He's whatnot. I said reserve driver. <laughs> Michael whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God's uh, sake. It's too hot. It is too hot. Um, 
Yeah, hang on. So Norris, whatnot. Um, you know, he has delivered. I mean, the first time of asking, you come to Silverstone, which is a really tough track where you're under pressure. You've got, you know, Ferraris right up your chuff. And other than a safety car, I think you're nailing third place in that race. And like we said on the race review, I think the strategy was actually tipped better to Piastri's favour. And there is every chance that he'd have got the undercar on Norris and potentially jumped him in the pit stop phase. So he could have been second beating Lando Norris. And that shows me the longevity that they have with Piastri is better than sticking it out with Daniel Ricciardo for another season, who was, we already know, went into his 30s, he was not performing well with how the scenario was going for him at McLaren. He hadn't been for the last year or so either. It wasn't brilliant at Renault, very topsy-turvy, had some great moments, had some bad moments. So when you take a, you know, okay, a bit of a tough bet, but it is a bit of a generational talent in someone whose junior career was so sensational, yeah, a risk. But I think for the longevity, the team leadership, the risk that Norris could walk off somewhere else, uh, as we've already just discussed with how he, you know, Red Bull are interested, it makes sense for both their future and for the now. We've just seen that Piastri can deliver when asked to, but he can also deliver in five years' time. The money, the investment that they've just given to him overall, it's all gone to Ricardo, but, you know, it's still an investment in him in a weird way. Um, I think he's already showing that it's paying off. He's clearly a very cohesive, strong part of that team, and it was a risk that is paying off for them. Well done, McLaren. I think it was good. You bring up Lando Norris in that. Do you think his leverage it somewhat disappears or might continue to disappear as a result of what Piastri can do? Because I think at least before Piastri, McLaren very much needed Lando Norris. And I'm not saying they still don't, but if they've got another driver that's capable of either very similar or maybe just slightly worse, does that mean that losing Lando might not be as much of a pain as it was maybe a year ago. I see the point you're making, but I think if, I don't know, Lewis Hamilton doesn't extend his contract and Sergio Perez carries on in the vein that he's in and Ferraris do what they are doing, if Oscar Piastri carries on moving the way he's moving, you need to keep both those drivers and McLaren could in theory have the best driver lineup on the grid. And if you want to fight at the front, if you want to win titles and races, you can't just have a Norris or a Piastri. As we saw with... Ricardo, when they were fighting Alpine, Ricardo was the outlier. He was what was weighing them down. He was causing them to struggle in that constructors' fight. You need to have both sides of the garage firing on all cylinders to be competitive. Now, I don't think that means that Norris loses his his edge in contract talks or in negotiations, whatever it might be, or sponsorship deals. I just think that actually McLaren themselves just level up. They get a whole lot stronger. And then you need both sides of the garage, right? F1's a team sport as well as an individual players kind of game. You need both sides. This completes McLaren rather than allowing Lando Norris to walk away. I think if they lose Norris, they go back to exactly where they were two seasons ago where they're in a bit of a lost situation. Only one driver looks good. Another thing that has been brought to my attention, which is not something that I think as a normal viewer who watches most of the season on the telly would understand or experience, but the journalists, the members of the race team, uh, a lot of the people that support the crews, the TV groups, because of the way that the Grand Prix have been set up for 
you know, you'll have one race, two eat break, one race, two eat break. And in between that, we're flying half a continent away every time. It's great for freight movement, right? It makes freight very simple. But in terms of you being a person that works in the sport, it makes it very difficult because you either have to be on the other side of the world for two, three months at a time and not come home, or you have to do your race, fly back, be at home for five days, fly back out again, do your race, fly back across the world, be at home for five days, fly back across the world. And that is, again, very, very draining. If they had made them, like, triple header, three-week break, triple header, three-week break. I know that maybe as a viewer, that isn't perfect, but for the mental health, the carbon footprint of everyone else involved, maybe that would have been a little bit more understandable and helpful. But again, I'm not an expert. I'm not doing that journey. It's just what I've read from a few of the, the leading journalists who are in the space who have voiced their concerns. They are almost there. It feels like they, they have hit like an 8.5 out of 10 for me. Few tweaks, few date changes, and this really could be what they want it to be. Also, include Africa, maybe. It's quite a big place. It is. Second most populated point. continent in the world. Maybe have a race there. I don't think about it. What are your thoughts on the triple headers? Because we do have we do have two of them this year, Harry, or oh, next year. What, what do you think of those? Um, sure. I mean, uh, they're just quite, not for us, I guess, because we're just at home watching it. But for those involved, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of travelling about. I actually don't know off the top of my head what the triple headers are. Do you? Do you? you it's yeah, so it's Spain, Austria, and Silverstone is the first one, and then. Okay. USA, Mexico, Brazil is the other one. I did just look at the calendar and I think I've got those right, but I didn't actually double check them. So if either of those are wrong at all, there are others I haven't mentioned. I do apologize. Yeah. The USA one, this US, sorry, the Americans one, I, I get because if you, they're not going to keep flying back in between those. So that makes sense. The European ones, you know, less, less so because they all go home in between normally because uh, they're all based in Europe. So it, it's it's fine. Triple there's three. Is there another one? There's three. Oh, maybe there's three. Yes, you've got the one that you mentioned, Spain, Austria, United Kingdom. That's a triple header. SAS. Nice. That's me. Yeah. And then you've got um, USA, Mexico, Brazil, like you mentioned. And then Las Vegas, Qatar, and Abu Dhabi are a, is a triple header. Oh, I thought there was a I thought there was an extra week between. 23rd, 29th, 8th. Oh, damn. Yeah, yeah. So I guess because, oh, that makes sense because Las Vegas will be Saturday, won't it? Yeah, so technically they'll have an extra day of yeah. movement. Ah, why would they not Good. put that on the end of the, well, anyway, make it quadruple. You're asking very simple questions. Yeah. Sorry, I mean, that's a lot for F1 to deal with. Yeah. I think at this point, some people who are potentially newer to the podcast might be asking, why don't you talk about whether 24 races is too many? I think we're all aligned that it probably is, right? Yeah. There's a t-shirt available. We'd be producing them at this point. Yeah. We'd be selling them and you all have yeah. one saying it's too many. Then <laughs> no context. No, just it's too many. It's too many. You can wear it to loads of things. Such as? Um, uh, oh. <laughs> the UK's prison society is overpopulated. There's too many. Sure, that's is, the is first that an example. Event? <laughs> <laughs> um, when someone buys 
five burgers to have at dinner time. <laughs> no, on that There's point, too many. When you go to five guys and they give you a portion of chips. There's Jesus too many. Man. You can order <laughs> one chip <laughs> and you'll still eat a thousand chips. <laughs> uh, I think it was it Lando Norris who said that 20 would be the right number. 20 is a good number. It's a nice round number, isn't it? When you ask F1 teams if they want an 11th team on the track, there's too many. <laughs> That's well done. You got that. Finally. That's the reference. I went prisons first. Yeah. <laughs> then the, the obvious port of call was prisons. Hey, you've got to hit the cultural issues. <laughs> Society that's integral. Got to hit it at its core. <laughs> I'm fighting injustice and making the public laugh. <laughs> Man, I, I can't not leave this segment by just saying shorter race weekends. That's the future. So more sprints? No sprint races. Oh, oh no, add just sprint races. Do away with the main race. Just do sprints. The most insane part of the weekend. Without a shadow of a doubt. Please stop. When Bang sees that there's five sprint races in a season, there's so many. <laughs> that number could be anything above zero. I'm going to start making there's too many shirts. No Domenicali when he sees the number of laps in the Grand Prix. There's too many. When you when you hear the song, too many men, too many, many men coming in the club. There's too many. <laughs> Everyone with me now. There's too many. Sorry, we'll move on. Probably best. Lewis Hamilton. But we're going to start with the feel-good story of the summer, which is Alpine. Um, Not ideal, in the words of Sam Sage. Following the departure of CEO Lauren Rossi about two and a half weeks ago, team principal Otmar Safnauer and sporting director Alan Permain have left Alpine. Uh, Pat Fry, the chief technical officer, has also gone, so I'm not quite sure if anyone is actually remaining. Uh, In terms of Otmar (laughs) Safnauer and Alan Permain, they're tenure at the team, uh, a bit of variety there because Otmar Safnauer joined the team at the beginning of last year, whereas Pemain has actually been at the quote-unquote team since 1988 in all of its various guises. Following the Hungarian Grand Prix, Otmar said that he had confidence that the, 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 sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Otmar said that he had confidence that the team would support him in pursuit of the team's 100, 100 race target. Um, Alpine must have disagreed because uh, they've let him go. Sorry, no, it was mutual agreement. Sure. It's all part of the plan. It is all part of the plan, Sam. You're absolutely right. Were you surprised by this, though? No, of course not. It's all part of the hunger race plan. It's exactly what was forecast. I'm sure Otmar is secretly rubbing his hands together like a, a supervillain. Uh, no, honestly, what is going on at Alpine? Otmar has just had such a bizarre career since Aston Martin bought out Racing Point that... I don't really know where he stands within the sphere of Formula One. Um, you know, they didn't give me time, which I get. He got a season and a half, so he wasn't there forever as a team principal. And you've seen the likes of what Toto Wolff has brought to Mercedes and what Christian Hoare has brought to Red Bull. Stability can often breed a lot of success. Um, but, you know, Pameng and, and Otmar going does feel like a good thing. Wipe the site clean. They weren't exactly on the up and they haven't really been on the up for the last four or five years. Even when rebranding from Renault to Alpine, it's got big strong before they turned up. And I would argue that when Otmar came in, they didn't get the rejuvenation that they realistically needed. The fact that he literally announced his 100 race plan was 40% of the way through last week, though, is quite hysterical in timing. And then I think he came out with one of 
the best quote oh single all of Formula which was if you get nine women pregnant you shouldn't expect to have a baby in a month and I'm sorry he's, what uh, does it mean? because he also says I always say you <laughs> always say <laughs> brings out a barbecue why? Uh, at his child's school dance I imagine you know. he hasn't got a child <laughs> he's, he's too impatient for that <laughs> he's got he's got <laughs> honestly it is some of the worst public speaking in Formula <laughs> One I've ever seen I always say getting nine will be pregnant don't expect a baby in a month sorry did I come up with that absolute nonsense is that trial and error like, yeah what? What, what, is, what two for a penny three for a pound you may as well have said there Otmar because it makes as little sense when you break it down it is you, oh my good lord. When you come up with statements like that, I'm not surprised you got fired within 18 months because if that's the logic you're applying to any form of engineering or progress as a team, you may as well put me in the job because we're just as qualified as each other. Um, there are three spots open. There are three of us here. I reckon we go for it. I reckon they might actually succeed. There'll be a lot more shouting and they might get some more press. So maybe a positive for them. Interesting. Harry, do you fancy an Otmar switcheroo? So we'll have Otmar on the podcast. You go off, manage Alpine. True. Otmar. I wouldn't be there every week because I'm not here every, every week. That's but, so true. Well, so I don't think that make much one, difference. I'd <laughs> probably be more successful, arguably. Yeah, um, yeah Alpine, what are you doing? There it is. Yeah, it's classic. I feel like that was a deserved one. Yeah. Firstly, I... I've, I have suspected for a long time now that Otmar is an idiot, but <laughs> that being said... It's the least on the fence you've ever been. <laughs> that being said, I, I think this is a slightly harsh... Um, <laughs> slightly harsh decision. I think he's an idiot. This is harsh. Sorry. I do think he's an idiot, but... Say that, but he's still on the fence. <laughs> so convicting in your statement. No, but I, I, I do, but I... He kind of he kind of got all the way to the uh, position of team principal in now two teams without being having some skills. So it must be it must have something. It's just not visible to me what they are. Um, so I do think this is slightly harsh. I think the wider problem is just the management of Renault slash Alpine, just that company as a whole. They are like just waving their arms up in the in the air like got no idea like they just don't care they've got no idea what they're doing all the people that have sort of been in senior positions in Alpine slash Renault um Alan Prost uh what's Badowski is that how you say that Yep. Mike Badowski. Mike oh, Badowski. <laughs> His first name's Massive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mike Badowski. Um, they've all been coming out and 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 slating the, the running of Alpine slash Renault. And I think they're if you look at the evidence, I think they're correct because it's just utter chaos. And they're now making a thing of we, we've got to have some dramatic like contract news before the summer break. That's the, clearly their thing. They do now. Uh, last year is Piastri, Alonso. And this year is Otmar Permain uh, out the door. Before signing anyone. I don't know. The other way around. They might have to start signing people at some point because they're running out. Did you hear what Alonso said about Otmar though? <laughs> Stop talking. It's just you, you should shut up. He's <laughs> <laughs> not very successful. Based on his quotes, he's not wrong. <laughs> um... Uh. Yeah, so the Otmar, uh, I think both both firings are harsh. I mean, Alan Permain has been there for a very long time, and I get what they're what they're trying to do in terms of 
you know, clean slates, but they've had a clean, they've had like 15 different clean slates over the past two years now, it feels like. So it's got a whole roof. <laughs> how many slates do you need? Um, yeah, you're right. They do have an entire roof uh, of slates. So yeah, this is a team in complete chaos. And I hope for their sake and for F1's sake, they can turn it around. But we mentioned this before, Alpine slash Renault have been trying to turn it around for years and they just keep finishing fifth. And I think that's all they're ever going to do. And this this year, they're in danger of not finishing fifth. They keep at it. But um, yeah, if you're Pierre Gasly and Esteban Ocon, who's signed up for the next 37 years, ah. you'd be a bit worried, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, To summarise, they are in turmoil, aren't they? Um, I was surprised, uh, and I mentioned this on the sprint review I did, so I won't go too much into this. I was surprised by the timing of it because they literally could have waited three or four days, right? And then suddenly the news is buried for like four weeks. There's no one there to answer why this has happened at press conferences and the likes. So the fact that they announced it on a race weekend, I, I think I summarised that I think... Alpine are just trying to throw Otmar and Alan under the bus by saying, okay, you deal with it for a few days because this is firmly on you. But to your point, Harry, the common denominator of Alpine and Renault's lack of success is Alpine and Renault. But that's the only thing that links every single time they failed is that the team is still the team. So I I get your point on individual wise, why it might not be fully to blame. Certainly from Alan, but mate, yeah, he's been there since 1988. He's been at Team Endstone since Ayrton Senna didn't have a world title. Longer than we've been alive. That'd be a long time. <laughs> Sam was only 30. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it well. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Late Breaking Formula One podcast presented by Harry Eid, Sam Sage, Ben Hocking and a live audience in Austin, Texas. I was so worried there wasn't going to be a reaction. Oh, thank God. So worried. Silence. Silence. Um... Well, where do we go from here? I don't know. know. After you get stuck in a cupboard for an hour, this is a lot to deal with, I'm not going to lie. We were taking turns on a stool, okay? There's one stool in there, we were sharing it, so, you know. Yeah, it was, it was, do you know, it's not all glam. No, no, this life is very much not glam. It's not all, it's no glam. No. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. no glam at all. The sprint race and the races are just fair, they're like mini-me's of the actual race. And... Let's let's try and make that different because it is boring. What if you were allowed to change your setup, but you weren't allowed to run any practice before locking? I'm okay it with in, that. I'm okay right? with that because that way you could really muck it up. Yeah, that it gets I'm worse. genuinely a bit all right on. That's fine. I'm not mad at that, but um, I've actually thought of a better idea. Oh God, get rid of sprint races. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> what do we reckon? Every bloody time. No? I, I, I mean, we will be here in 20 years' time still say when every single race is a sprint race. And I'm, we won't have main races still anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just sprint races. Um, Two sprint races. I, I am actually <laughs> curious on this. Give us a cheer if you're a fan of a sprint race. Yeah. Yeah? Okay. All right, there's a few. All right. What if you're not? Yeah. It oh, feels nice. kind of 50-50. Yeah. I feel a bit self-conscious. A- anyone indifferent? Yeah! <laughs> 
I've never heard My a yeehaw for an indifferent before. <laughs> I love the way you live. <laughs> I'm indifferent, yeehaw! <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, let's go to Emily next. Yay! Oh, yeah. We're doing well. Three so far, they're all here. This is good. Yes, yeah. This is going going well. Yeah. If at any point we don't seem to have the person here, Kirsty, just pretend you're the you're the yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, No one me. knows what you no look one like. Know. Okay. Okay. Hi guys. Hi. Hi. I feel like I'm at karaoke night. Yes, what are you gonna sing? Britney Spears hit me, baby. Yeah, great song. Anyway, um, Forget so about my, under pressure. <laughs> I submitted this so late last night, I didn't think I was gonna get picked. Um I said Lawrence Stroll. <gasps> yes. Because you know, we focus a lot on Lance and his inability to be a driver. But <laughs> the biggest burn of the night is not I from us. I feel like as a fellow parent, I can relate to Lawrence. I too have a son who throws tantrums. <laughs> the difference is that mine is four years old. Oh. But when mine throws a tantrum, we like to use the sad thinking chair at home. <laughs> where we think about our feelings. So I feel like maybe Lance needs one of those. And it's not a chair that's actually a seat in F1. And I feel like eventually... Oh, Lord. I know you picked me. It's your fault. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. um, eventually, I think Lawrence is going to need to wake up and realize that he didn't spawn the next F1 champion, and um, the no matter how much money he spends on it, it's not going to fix that problem. And he's just embarrassing himself and his family. <laughs> and Alonzo is helping rub that in, like you know, salt in a wound. So that's that's my submission. Boom, roasted. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to any Aston Martin fans. I did just find out this morning that Harry, you work for Aston Martin. She does. So um, oh. apologies, but not because Lewis Hamilton is my. <laughs> that was sensational. Okay, so on the fence. Well, yeah, on the fence. Yeah. <laughs> Son. Yes, mate. Get us out of here. Oh, it's the exit. It's the outro. Uh, thank you so much for listening and being here, everybody. It's been an incredible experience. Uh, the Discord is in the description. If you'd like to join Patreon, if anyone is on Patreon, please, someone. Um, and you get loads of extra benefits, ad-free podcasts. You also get discount on merch. And you get to hear extra episodes. We recorded one at the Williams Fan Zone last like this morning. This Last morning. morning. I'm getting confused. <laughs> I'm getting very confused Last with beer with seven breaking. Hours ago. We yes. were quite drunk last night doing beer with breaking. It might be the worst thing we've ever done. Um, which I say every month. Oh, you also I get a birthday shout out on your birthday month. Which we, we can, always remember ahead of time. Yeah, we actually need to do that do again that next week. week so yeah, yeah. make a yeah, note, please. Make, make. Uh, also, follow our social media accounts like Breaking F1, and you can subscribe to the Yub Tubby on the same name if you'd like to see us in visual formats. In the meantime, I've been Samuel Sage. I've been Ben Hocking. And I've been definitely fired when my boss hears that Lawrence Stroll. Remember, keep breaking late. Sports Social Podcast Network.